It's time for the latest local, regional, and national sports topics of the day. It's the Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. Ready? Now, from the WATH studios, here's Lucas Moore. Yep, it's the Sports Fan, 970 WATH. 97.1 FM, big welcome in, fresh week, and the sports are starting to heat up. And that is exactly what happens as we move into the month of August. Why? Because training camps are getting started all across the three levels of football that we cover here. The high school camps are getting ready to get started. The college camps are getting ready to get started. The NFL camps are already underway And that means football is here and football is king in the United States. And it is especially king here in Southeast Ohio. Somebody who's been covering football in Southeast Ohio for a while now. And those of you that have been listening to the show have heard him before. Tyler Corbett on for his second appearance on the Sports Fan. Tyler, welcome back to the show. I'm excited to have you on again. Uh, Mondays won't be a regular thing as we move into the season. They are right now, but... You'll be on regularly throughout the fall, and your writing will be read regularly throughout this season on WATHSportsFan.com. You had an opportunity to write an article today about dark horses in the Tri-Valley Conference. Very good article. We'll talk about that uh, a little bit later in the show. It might be in just a few seconds, but excited to have you on. Yeah, I was excited to be here. Well, let's go ahead and get into that article. You wrote a, a dark horses piece, and basically... Just go ahead and go into this piece, because you said that the two favorites have always been Athens and Nelson, York. Everybody knows that. But you listed three teams that you thought had a real chance to be like that Alexander team in 2015, who came out of nowhere and won that conference championship under Coach Penrod. What are those three teams? So the three teams that I'm looking at are Megs, Vinton County, and much like that 2015 team, we got Alexander once again, who I really see as the three big dark horse programs. Now, why specifically those three? I I mean, just go into each of these teams. Why each of them are they specifically a dark horse? So I'll try and give you one word to explain why each. First off, Vinton County, depth. Massive, really a big roster, you know, second biggest team in the TVC, and they've really been a sleeping giant. And Vinton County, unlike a lot of other teams, they don't have one star player. They have a ton of solid players, and a ton of solid players will get you far, especially in a TVC that, not many people are going to be able to predict early on. Uh, then, when you're looking at Megs, stars. Megs has arguably the second biggest star in the conference, Coulter Cleland, who, you know, aside from Keegan Wilburn, is the premier player in the conference, the premier quarterback in the conference. Threw for 2,000 yards as a freshman. The kid can't legally drive a car, but he can throw all over any team in the league. And then, lastly, Alexander, history. Since, you know, 2009, the only team not named Alexander in Nelsonville, York to win the league, and, you know, they're coming off a strong campaign last season, so you could really see that momentum continue to build into this season. The team I think we might be missing, and, you know, I've done I've done segments on this before, and you know, I'm not willing to change the power rankings that I've given. I still think Wilson's that sixth team uh, there at the end of the conference. Uh, I, I think Mike Smith is a better hire than... Maybe we initially think, I think there's just a lot of 50-50 with this Wellston squad. They went 3-7 and seven last year. They blew out Alexander 49-7. But outside of that, they didn't look too impressive uh, throughout the entire season. But 
They return R.J. Kemp, who I like R.J. Kemp. I thought he was a pretty good quarterback for Wellston. I don't like the offense they run, but R.J. Kemp is good for the, the offense that they have run. I don't know what Mike Smith will bring to the table this season. Then you've got Jonathan Garvin, a guy who ran fullback, running back, and he was a good good player. He had a lot of good carries. Uh, I thought Jonathan Garvin was was a significant piece. He's returning this year. Rylan Mullahan, a guy who contributed last year. He'll be back on the team. And there's just a few more names of skill position guys that come to your mind and you say, well, wait a minute. If Mike Smith knew what he was doing in Tulsi, West Virginia, and it wasn't just some weird talent thing going on, and that he legitimately made, you know, made it that far, maybe Wellston can be better than we think. I mean, maybe Wellston is this surprise team at the back of the pack with a senior quarterback, two senior running backs, and uh, a team that went three and seven and blew out Alexander, who went four and six last year. So we keep rating Alexander as this team because we really like Eric Dean. We've seen what he's done in conference, but Wellston, we're we're kind of discrediting them a little bit because of their three and seven last year. Because Mullahan is the only significant piece, and we saw Mike Smith's record coming out of South Gallia, and you kind of scratch your head at it. And you don't think there's any way they could improve, but. Junior to senior year, if R.J. Kemp, if Ryland Mullahan, if those guys really did commit to getting better, there's a real chance that we have, in fact, overlooked Wellston, and I'll be heading to camps over these next few weeks, and there's a chance I could walk into that camp and say, Wellston might be the third or fourth best team in this conference. Yeah, you know, you could definitely say we made a bit of a knee-jerk reaction around Wellston. We just kind of looked at past stats. We didn't look deeper. And, you know, right now I will still, you know, as well stick behind Alexander over Wellston, but... At the end of the season, we could be talking about Wilson being like, you know, they were they gave everybody a run for their money, and they gave their all every single week and really impressed a lot of people. That's very possible. Yeah, and, you know, they've competed in football throughout the past. I mean, they definitely have not been bottom feeders in the TVC Ohio, so I think that they, they expect to be around 500 and competing in the conference. They think they can pull upsets. You remember two years ago, and, and this is the thing, Athens has to go to Wellston this year. I can't guarantee Athens wins that game. Yeah, they were a Trace Albin blocked extra point away from going to overtime. Exactly. Wilson almost beat them two years ago. Now, I I don't know if this Athens team is better than the team two years ago. I, part of me thinks they are. But a part of me doesn't know. There's so many question marks with the Athens Bulldogs this season. But the question marks from Athens and the question marks, quote-unquote, from Nelson York are what have inspired these dark horses and, and people picking all sorts of different teams to win this conference throughout the seven teams. And... I think it's true that the question marks are there for Athens. But I think that we're also kind of putting a lot of question marks on Nelson York that seem a bit unfair to me. I know they went 4-6 and six last year, but that non-conference schedule was absolutely brutal. Oh, absolutely. The plus, teams they had to go through. Plus, the offseason was a lot worse than I think Rusty Richards or anybody will ever admit around Nelson York. I don't think they had a lot of kids actually conditioning and actually getting ready as they do this year. Plus... They're 18 to 22 returning. They went four and two in conference. They 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 could have won the last game of the season and won the entire conference. That was completely possible for Nelson New York. So you have a team that went four and two in conference, looked like the second best team of the conference after they beat Megs, and it was pretty clear to me after that. They have the best coach in the conference coming back. They have the best player in the conference coming back. They have 18 to 22 starters coming back. Their quarterback coming back. They have quarterback their quarterback coming. Mikey Seal coming back. You expect him to improve. Now, how much does he improve? That's the big question. But you expect an improvement from Mikey Seal. You have all that coming back. A good football tradition. The rest of the conference down. 
I mean, I think as we see this and off-season reports, 35 kids compared to 15 in the middle of the summer. Kids are more dedicated in Nelson, New York. I really think that Nelson York is is the favorite this year. I don't think anything will change that unless Joey Moore. Joey Moore is the 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 reason I would change my mind because he could literally be he has the potential to be so special that it just doesn't matter and that that he is the one that carries Athens through it all. But if Joey Moore is a pretty good junior quarterback, he can't necessarily replace what Clay Davis did. Then I think that it's Nelson York's conference to lose. I agree, and you know with Joey Moore. He doesn't have to be Clay Davis. He has to be Joey Moore. They're two different quarterbacks, two different play styles. And, you know, if Nathan White is the great offensive coordinator that we know he is, he is going to find a way to make sure that Joey Moore is productive. And, but, yeah, then at the end of the day, there is a Nelsonville York team that only lost four starters. And they were a couple of, you know, plays going another way from being 5-5, five and 6-4. Five, and four. You know, we forget Keegan Wilburn got injured in the Athens game. And it was a close game throughout the first half to me. And then, you know, the Vinton County game, that's a one-score game. A couple plays go a different way. And Nelsonville York theoretically could have won the conference last year. And, yeah, four and six is just a real – it is a bit misleading when talking about that program. Yeah, just the thing is, we look at Nelsonville York. They were four and six last year. It, there's a lot coming back with that team. It's a good football tradition. They've got some really talented players all across that team. I think they're going to be just fine. I think they're going to be one of the favorites in the conference. And I think Joey Moore is going to be so good that it's going to be a Week 10 championship game at the end of this all. I really do think that's what we are headed for once again, although the conference is wide open. Because, I mean, I just can't. Travis Bethel, he has the real opportunity to create something special with Vinton County. They're in a very similar boat um, that Nelson New York was in. I mean, they had Minford dead to rights. Minford blew out Nelson New York. Um, and Vinton County was a team that... You felt like could have gone six and four last year, but I can't trust Travis Bethel over Rusty Richards. That's insane. No, that's and, insane uh, to even even think that. No matter how smart Travis Bethel may be, Rusty Richards, we've seen him do things that have not been done at Nelson New York since 1983. We've seen him not lose a conference game through his first two and a half seasons as a head coach. And we've seen this guy dominate this conference already. So to say that he's going to have the most starters coming back, the best player in the conference, a returning quarterback, the rest of the conference is down or with question marks, I think it's ridiculous to say Nelson York isn't the favorite in the conference. Yeah, I can agree with that. And then uh, also, I think what people are forgetting, the year before Rusty took over NY, they were 1-9. He took a 1-9 roster to a 9-1 undefeated in the TVC Ohio roster. So 4-6 and six to... Seven and three, eight and two is not a lot to ask out of Rusty with what he has shown he can do before. Yeah, I, I really do think eight and two's in the cards. They kept their non-conference. I think they showed some confidence with their group. Oh, they absolutely. thought everybody was coming back. They kept their non-conference about the same strength this year. Um, there's, it's a little downgraded, um, a bit, but I, I still like their non-conference schedule moving forward in terms of the Nelson York Buckeyes. I think it's it's adeptly challenging. Uh, let's go ahead and talk about Athens for just a second. Their non-conference schedule is brutal oh, for the first three weeks. Unreal. I mean, they got Waverly, Jackson, Parkersburg South. They get a small break with Alexander, but we've said Eric Dean could have Caleb Easley and those gears rolling for the Alexander Spartans, so maybe that isn't a break week four for the Athens Bulldogs. Maybe it isn't a break. And then week five, you play Logan. You expect Logan to be a year better um, under Coach Eddie down there. I believe he's in his second season. First season from Parkersburg South. First season from Parkersburg. That's where I heard the name last year. I was looking at Logan's head coach, Mike Eddy. I said, was he the coach? No, he's Parkersburg South coach. Perfect. 
Well, that's an interesting switch. So Mike Eddy's already seen Athens. Now he's going to go to Logan, get the kids feeding off the rivalry. And Logan only lost to Athens by seven points last year. So it's not out of the realm of possible. throw out the record books game. It is a throw out the record books game. Throw out the record book game. So you just start to go through the schedule with Athens, and you're saying, where are the guarantees? I think there's one. I think you circle a week nine River Valley. Is Wellston a guarantee? No, that game's at Wellston. I don't think you can guarantee that whatsoever. I don't think that's anything you can guarantee. Is Nelsonville York a guarantee? No. Benton County a guarantee? Definitely not. There's no guarantees on the Athens schedule this year. They have to show up and play every week. They're going to blow some people out, but there's going to be a lot of close games throughout this season for Athens, which is kind of cool for me as a play-by-play guy. You love close games. Mm. But I would much rather the Athens Bulldogs do what they did last year, which was be absolutely dominant and succinct and really ready to go. The question marks lend itself to more question marks for Athens. But a lot of those question marks go away if Joey Moore if Joey Moore is just special. Is that guy that answers all the questions. Yeah. And that's what a great quarterback can be. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. He can wash away any concerns. And then we look at the other side of the conference. We got a caller coming in. Perfect timing for the call. All right, we've got a caller on the line. It's a sports fan, nine seventy WATH. We're talking T V C football. What'd you like to say, caller? I'd like your opinion on why, in, in anybody's wildest imagination, that Athens would schedule Parkersburg South. Well, what do you think of it? So why do you think they shouldn't schedule Parkersburg South? Well, they're going to get murdered. I, well, Parkersburg South, they played, they beat last year, right? Yes. Yeah, they beat Parkersburg South last year. I, I, I think that Jackson is the one that you kind of scratch your head at this season. I think Jackson's got a chance to come in and put a you know, a running clock on Athens. I mean, that's definitely in the cards. But I think Parkersburg South, the reason that it's a beneficial scheduling uh, thing, and we we really appreciate the call, um, why Parkersburg South is a beneficial scheduling bit um, for the Athens Bulldogs is that they're considered a D1 school by the state of Ohio. Yeah, and the drive Even though they're D2 in West Virginia. It's not a, not a ridiculous drive. It's only about 40 minutes. And, you know, you're playing on a good turf field, big school, Everything about that game, I think, works for Athens, you know. And even if Athens does come out of that game, big loss, close loss, uh, tight win, big win, that's a confidence-building game. Because, you know, Parkersburg, even though, you know, it is not, you know, the Parkersburg Big Reds, Parkersburg South and the Parkersburg name in general carries weight. That is a program-building win, even though Athens is already a built program. It can define a season. Yeah, I think that they'll have a chance to beat Parkersburg South. I think that's one of the winnable games in the first three, unless, I mean, they lost their head coach. They lost their best player, Nick Yoho. So I don't see him getting awfully better from last year. But I think the game you really should worry about, Athens fans, is Jackson walking into your building week one, week two. Yeah, week two. And because you're going to Waverly, which is tough. You got to travel pretty far distance, face the Waverly Tigers. You won't be favored in that game. Just won't. And then you'll come home against Jackson and you'll probably be two touchdown, three touchdown underdogs, depending on how you look against Waverly. If Joey Moore comes out, lights the world on fire, maybe we could be looking at a really good game. But there's no way Jackson is going to at least be a touchdown favorite in Week 2. Then Week 3, Parkersburg South, that's a toss-up game. Really, I think Athens might be favored, but again, there's too many question marks to say. They could be 0-3 heading into the Alexander game. They could be 0-3 just taking a physical beating with two out of three road games. Yeah. So now you come home to play Alexander, and I... uh, like is is Alexander like prime for that type of upset? I don't think so, but it's tough. I think you just go through the Athens schedule and it's tough. 
One thing that's not tough, though, is we're looking at the TVC Hawking. I just want to touch on Trimble real quick and just I want you to get it on the record and I want me to get it on the record. It should be I'm going to go out and go, I'm going to go ahead and say it. Trimble will not allow a point this year in the TVC Hawking. It's bold. And I think that they will. I don't I don't think they'll allow a point, but I think the range is from zero to no more than 21 points this year in TVC Hawking play. They only gave up 14 last year. Yeah. Ah, uh, you know what? The Hawking did lose. A, everyone but Trimble lost a ton in the Hawking. But I just think it is, if Trimble shuts out an entire conference, that's something. Someone's going to score on them. I don't know who. I don't know how. And I can't say who's even going to give them a close game. But, you know, some Hawking foe is going to punch one in on them. I think it would have to be extenuating circumstances to score on Trimble. I don't see Eastern. I don't see Southern. I don't see any of those squads in the Hawking. None of those squads. You know, Southern's are got a good little scat. Every Teams have good little but, players here uh, and there who might make differences. You're going to have to. The, Trimble is too fast. You're not going to break a big play. I mean, you might have, you might have to do a trick play. Uh, this is how you're going to score against tr- Trimble. Trick play, you turn them over in their own red zone. So you're able to score that way. Um... And that's it. Like, that's it. Even even in week five, uh, when Cincinnati Christian came in and, and played Trimble, this was an offensive juggernaut. They made the playoffs. They made the playoffs like eight straight years. They're a good program. They needed a fumble ruski play and then some broken stuff down the sideline to score 14 of their 21. They only had one legitimate drive, a legitimate offense, one legitimate drive, and they need a little bit of help on that as well. So uh, to me, it's going to need to be luck. And there very well may be luck. And it's really hard not to have luck go against you over a 10-week season. But they return every important piece to that defense. And Trimble was dominant last year. The hawking got worse. Trimble got better. It's just terrifying. Just terrifying to say a lot. Like, just... More than 10 points would be a little shocking to me. More than 21 seems impossible. Yeah, I don't say anyone scoring more than 21. Because Braden Belleville was the big like fear last year, right? Oh, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. oh, Belleville's going to come in. He's already dominated Trimble twice. And I said on this show multiple times that Trimble was better than, than Waterford. And nobody nobody would make that claim. They, I, they thought I remember Belleville, debating with you about that last year. They, that was fun. Yeah, you specifically. I said, Trimble's going to win the regional championship. I said, that should be their goal. And I think that's how good they are. And I think that, especially after the Nelson York game, I was like, I saw them run down Keegan Wilburn. Braden Belleville ain't getting nothing. And he didn't. Like, And it's not a comment against Braden Belleville. It was a great runner, historic runner at Waterford. All-time leading rusher. But it is a comment on Trimble. Because yeah. they were that dominant defensively. I mean, they shut down dudes like Jeb Grove. Like, dudes who were just dominant late in the season. Just dudes who put fear into most Division 7 schools across the state who were good for 200 yards. You could mark them down for it, and Trimble would hold them to like 2.4 yards a carry. They're that good, and if if you're a hawking team, when you play Trimble, your goal should be to score a touchdown. And if you can do that, that's good. That's a win. If you score a touchdown against Trimble this year, and you're in the TVC hawking, that is a win. Which is pretty incredible to say. It, the TVC Hawking, to me, we can already... I, I really do... I just don't see any way that any other team wins the conference. I, it's really beyond the realm of my possible imagination. In yeah. all my years of watching football. Mm-hmm. There's Even, no way. I've, just, I've never seen a team enter 
a season as dominant as Trimble is right now with everything they have back. You know, even, uh, you know, the undefeated 2017 Nelsonville York team, even there, you know, Vinton County gave them a challenge. There are teams that were going to score, that were going to, you know, push them in some way, shape, or form, but. I like you could say no. There's a world where Athens could have challenged that NY team, but here I just there's no debate for anybody else. That Trimble team is just so so dominant. It's not there are other solid, good teams in the Hawking. You, you just aren't returning almost an entire team that well, played for a state title. It's basically when they went made the state semis and they returned everybody and made the state championship. Yes. Now you thought that it was going to be state championship appearance, then state championship, but then all this division bugaboo with Bo Rugg and the OHSA happened. Things out of their control. Things out of their control. So focus on shutting out the entire conference. If they shut out the... Oh, my Lord. Like, they've done it. They've done something very similar before in yeah. the past. Yeah, 2013 so, Trimble was close. Very close. I think that this defense can be better than 2013 Trimble. I think that they can be better statistically. I think a lot of people will make an argument athletically. About that 2013 Trimble team, I know Troy Boland's one of them. Uh, he would say that that 2013 Trimble team could have competed with that Athens those years. That is an absolute take quake by you, Lucas. Uh, that's not my take. I'm just saying that that is that is something that I've heard. But statistically, I think this version of Trimble can shut out the entire conference because I don't see a single player that is capable of busting a run. Uh, there's not a single offense that's capable of, of moving down the field with consistency. So somebody better start drawing up trick plays right now because yeah. I would run trick plays every play. Yeah, because you're not going to run the ball. Like, it's not gonna what happen. I'd say is even you know Southern, who was a passing team last year, couldn't get anything done, and they switch up their entire offense for Trimble. It's it's not happening. Yeah, it's just it's rough, man. It is rough. But they don't have to play them in the playoffs anymore, most of those schools. Most of them are Division 7, Region 27. We're going to talk about A.J. Green, Cincinnati Bengals, Cleveland Browns. Corbett's a Browns fan, so I'm sure he'll have some words about his dear hero and savior baker mayfield who will bring glory to cleveland we'll find out on the other side of the break this is the sports fan 97 wath from concrete to roofing to siding and windows jnk contracting has you covered from the ground up whether it's a room addition a complete home build or your commercial projects let the professionals at jnk be of service from groundbreaking to completion and don't forget they accept all major credit cards they even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. Buy the Reds Pick 6 Plan, presented by McDonald's, and receive an exclusive oversized Joey Votto bobblehead. You can pick any six games, including fireworks Fridays and bobblehead Saturdays, while saving up to 25%. Plus, you get six McDonald's Extra Value Meal vouchers. Be a part of the historic 150th anniversary season by purchasing the Reds Pick 6 Plan. Get yours today at reds.com slash 150. Looking for a cold beer and a place to cool off? Come take a visit to Mel's Roadhouse, where all are welcome any day of the week. Stop in, kick your feet up, and relax with buckets of beer, a game of pool, and great people. Speaking of pool, try your luck against the other pool sharks in town at the weekly pool tournaments. Or if whaling out of tune is more your game, Mel's even has karaoke nights. Head out to Old 550 for Mel's Roadhouse, a go-to good time. 
Fairhope celebrates life. If you're facing an end-of-life situation, Fairhope Hospice and Palliative Care. It is never too soon to call. Fairhope is here to listen. You don't have to face it alone. Fairhope cares for your loved one where they live. Or, during times of stress, the Pickering House is a serene setting providing relief for the patient. To learn more about Fairhope's Care from the Heart, please call 1-800-994-7077. Fairhope Hospice, we celebrate life. Some doctors and caregivers tend to give lectures, but at Ohio Health, we believe in listening more than we talk and see ourselves as partners in your health, not prescribers. We believe your greatest source of strength is already within you. Because at Ohio Health, we believe in your power to be healthy. Discover your best health at ohiohealth.com slash we believe. Dale's Valero in Uptown Athens has all your needs covered, whether it be gas or a snack, but especially beer. Come check out the revolutionary new Beer Garage with over 200 new types of beer and an expanded craft beer selection. Mm, Beer. Dale says, if you think a cave is cold, wait until you step into our garage. Dale's Valero is open early and open late, so come on by to Dale's Valero in Uptown Athens. This is the Sports Fan on 970 WATH. I think this is a uh, perfect time to announce this. You ever heard of Pro Football Focus, Tyler Corbett? Uh, I've dabbled. Dabbled in the Pro Football Focus. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we have made an agreement with Pro Football Focus. You guys have heard Cam Meller, who is a Reiner for Pro Football Focus. He's been on the program in the past. Well, Pro Football Focus, they are going to be on the program a lot. They're going to be on the program once a week. And them being on the program will give us an ability to share with you guys pro football focus grades at any time. Amazing. Well, we can't share whole grades, but we can dive into the grades ourselves and then report on teams like the Bobcats. Um, we can talk more in-depth about teams like the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, and that's an absolutely amazing opportunity uh, for us, and we're really excited for it. Pro Football Focus is an amazing company, and we're excited uh, to move forward with them into the future um, and deliver you guys the best sports information we possibly can deliver. And Pro Football Focus, when it comes to information and sports, they're about as good as it gets. They're also pretty good at putting contestants on The Bachelorette. Happened once. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. That is true. Shout that out Mike that. Renner, Cincinnati's very own. So when you talk about Pro Football Focus grades last year, overall, who do you think... Where do you think, I should say, the Cleveland Browns finished last year as a 7-8-1 team ranked in the Pro Football Focus grading system in terms of overall? Refresh me. How many are we out of again? 32 teams. Out of 32. NFL. Where are they ranked? Hmm. Out of 32. I'd say the Browns were 7-8-1. Hmm. I'm saying they're 18th. They were 23rd. Oof. Oof. And then shout out LeBron. Two spots behind them is the Cincinnati Bengals at 24. Teams the Browns were behind. Now, Pro Football Focus grades whole teams, and they're giving the overall. So how talented was this team? How well did they perform on the field? Not necessarily the record. Record can be influenced by a lot of things. 
Uh, teams above the Cleveland Browns, the New York Giants at 5-11, and, and the New York Jets at 4-12, and 12, and also the Detroit Lions at 6-10, and 10, and then the Green Bay Packers at 6-9-1, and, and the Broncos finished at 16 at 6-10. and 10. So some interesting teams above in terms of grading, but everybody is high on the Browns this year, Corbett, because of how they are going to improve into next season. They are high on the Browns because they think Baker Mayfield is going to take a leap in his sophomore season. They think Miles Garrett is a year better. They think Denzel Ward is a year better. There's a lot of things that Cleveland Browns fans are assuming that are going to happen, although they seem likely because they are highly talented young players. My question has always been Freddie Kitchens, but what's your excitement level for the Browns? What do you think this team is capable of in the 2019 season? You know, as a lifelong Browns fan, I told myself right after the Odell Beckham trade that I am, you know, not about to get ecstatic, not about to overreact. And I think this team can definitely compete for the division, and it's it should be an expectation of Browns fans to make the playoffs. First time since 2003. That should be expected. You know, my excitement, just, that's my expectations, but my excitement level is through the roof. You know, at the end of the day, one of the mo- two, you know, dynamic wide receivers are lining up for a promising young quarterback who also has a phenomenal tight end and, you know, a good running back group just overall. And, you know, that doesn't even go with talking about the Browns defense, which got better with Olivier Vernon. And, I mean, if you're a Browns fan in this area, you should be, you know, ecstatic that for the first time since 2007, this team should be, should have a winning record. And for the first time since 2003, excuse me, a playoff spot should be expected. 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 You should expect it. See, my thing is, with Freddie Kitchens, he made that Super Bowl comment, which was a real rookie head coach mistake. Um, Just, I don't think he would have a job as a head coach at anywhere else this season. And I don't think that he would have been a shoe-in to be an offensive coordinator uh, this year for anywhere but the Cleveland Browns. Uh, When you look at his resume, he spent 11 years as uh, as an assistant coach. He wasn't even a hot assistant he was just a position coach um he even got moved from quarterbacks down to running backs so he hasn't even been like this quarterback guru that's crafted guys now he's a likable guy people people enjoy being around freddie kitchens from what we hear but i'm not really sure the guy has the credentials to to come out and be super confident that he can handle a team like the cleveland browns because whatever you say the browns have put personalities in this locker room they have made it a, a real combustion chamber in terms of NFL locker rooms because NFL locker rooms are very fragile and very important. And right now, there's a lot of gunpowder on top of the Cleveland Browns locker room, and that gunpowder is Odell Beckham Jr., Kareem Hunt, who's suspended for the first eight games of the season. Baker Mayfield himself, I think, is probably the biggest portion of powder because, like with Baker, it's the, it, they love his leadership when he's winning. But that attitude how is it going to carry over to losing? That's something that I'm not sure Baker Mayfield is going to be able to handle. And people say, well, he's handled losing his whole life. He was a walk-on. He was a walk-on. Yeah. Then he went to Texas Tech. And then he won most of his games at Texas Tech. And then he was in, you know, top of the country at Oklahoma. So he has never really experienced losing. He has personally failed. But he as a leader has never experienced losing as a team. And losing in the college football semifinal is nothing, nothing like being the Cleveland Browns and being two and six. That is a completely different world. 
That is a completely different world to be a leader in. And I just don't know if Baker Mayfield is the type of guy that's going to be able to drag teams out of the hole if they get too stuck in the negative because there's too many bad personalities in the locker room. It's going to be a real issue. It can be a real issue unless they start hot. If the Browns start hot, I'll be wrong pretty quickly because they are that talented. They really are that talented across the board. But starting hot is not easy. And it's very hard for a first-year coach to do. I think they're going to make some mistakes in the first five weeks as a coaching staff. I think Baker's going to be a little too aggressive with the new receivers. I think they're going to throw some picks. I don't think they're going to. I think they're going to try to do a share system with all the talented guys on the field. And I think they'll start the season two and three, probably lose two games they shouldn't have, and everybody's going to start pointing fingers. And then once fingers are pointed, things start rolling downhill. And now you better go three and three. Oh, now you're two and four. You lost a tough game. Couple injuries you didn't expect. And now people are questioning whether, why'd you hire Freddie Kitchens in the first place? This is the most talented team in the league. How are they two and four? And then you see how we are all of a sudden staring down another Browns disappointment. It's very close. And I think that anybody that, I think any Cleveland Browns fan that, that is daring to say that there's no way this falls apart is kind of fooling themselves. I think I understand the importance of a good locker room. But every single year, there's a different story about how the Patriots are falling apart. Every single year, we hear about how the Pittsburgh Steelers locker room is volatile, and there are too many personalities. And I, you know, I do understand that guys like OBJ, he's passionate. And I'm not he's, worried about the preseason. I'm worried about the in-season stories. Where were the in-season stories last year for the Patriots? Past week four, there weren't any. And where were they for the Steelers? They were everywhere, but the Steelers didn't make the playoffs last year. So, like. Is there going to be in-season drama is my question. What's your, what's your fail rate? At what percentage do you think this completely burns to the ground and Freddie Kitchens loses his job? Like, what are the odds I think that happens? Percentage. Percentage? I'm putting it at 25. See, that's way too high for your amount of talent. And that should be really at five, that it crashes and burns. But that's why I think Freddie Kitchens is the wrong hire. Short show today. Reds are coming. They're playing the Pirates. Tyler, thanks so much for joining us. Always a pleasure to be here. Talk TVC, then talked NFL. Oh, yeah, A.J. Green got hurt, and uh, we kind of skipped commenting on that because that absolutely sucks, and the Bengals have no chance. They have like a 2% chance of making the playoffs. 5% chance of failing. <laughs> Too much. The following is a special sports presentation of 970 WATH Athens. Is the Cincinnati Reds pregame show presented by your Cincinnati Northern Kentucky Honda dealers and brought to you in part by McDonald's? I'm loving it. Go Reds. PNC Bank, proud sponsor of the Cincinnati Reds. PNC Bank for the achiever in you. JT 